Okay, so here we are. I've got a friend with me on this episode. Y'all may have heard him on Monday. You know, you learn to like him. You learn to love him just like I did. He's kind of amazing. Nick Floyd is in the I'm home. back. You can't get rid of me. It's, it's That's how it works. That's my fiance. <laughs> hey, have you guys set a date yet? Nope. We, this out. We, okay. have, we have not set a date yet. COVID-19 has struck, so we're going to let it run its course. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. We got to talk about that last time. <laughs> and I won't cut it out if you don't want me to, but I will if you do. I'm here for it. Guys, it's me and Nick in our respective podcast dungeons. Woo woo. I love it. But you're listening to Oddity Files, the podcast. Ooh. That's Nick Floyd. Hi. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And we're here to tell you some stuff and some things. And I should probably have some windows open so that when it's time for me to talk about some stuff. <laughs> that you actually have, you're ready to roll in. I can. <laughs> you know, might be a good idea. Just putting that out there. Because <laughs> I had this really cool paranormal and then it, there it is. Found it. Okay. We're good. <laughs> See, everything comes together. That's, it's, it's the universe answering back. Absolutely. So, guys, I'm I'm super excited. My apps. You're gonna learn, Nick. When I say absolutely, it means I have nothing else to say on that matter. So <laughs> we just play it off like that. <laughs> I had texted Nick the most amazing video I have gotten from my daughter-in-law since I've known her, and I'm gonna tell you all about it because I'm so fucking excited. Okay, you should be. So I opened up the text from Mary. I guess I can't really show them the video, but I will put it on the stuff and the things. I It's a picture, a video of my grandson walking around his house. And my daughter-in-law, Mary, goes, Abe, what you doing? He goes, looking for ghosts. She goes, what are you looking for? <laughs> ghosts, looking for ghosts. And then you hear my son in the background. He goes, oh, don't start this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the logical answer when a child is walking around the flashlight looking for ghosts. And my first response was, I I have never let him watch a ghost hunting show ever, I swear to God. (laughs) It runs in the family. How it should be. That's, start him him young. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, his bedtime book at the house is How to Find a Ghost. I'm not going to lie. There you go. But, you know, (laughs) they know that, so... Yeah, that's all. If they still let me babysit, <laughs> it's fine. You know, it's one day. It's everyone's gonna want to do it. He can teach a master class on ghost hunting one day. There's money in it. It's gonna be perfect. At six years old is my plan. <laughs> what was I doing when I was six? Not looking for ghosts. I was probably wasn't even t- I wasn't even talking yet. It was a long time ago. <laughs> I, I was probably hiding from them, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, we all were. I was hi- like hiding from the footsteps outside your yeah. door. That's what I was doing. I wasn't looking. Exactly. For- like normal children. <laughs> and then there's Abe. <laughs> yep. Searching. He he really wants to. But what if he does? Okay. Hypothetically, if he finds one, then we'll let's figure out how that's going to play out. Because that's a good point. His dad will be really pissed at me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you did this. You brought this I mean, here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I took Ga- Zach on one ghost hunt. He hated it so much. Uh, What's to hate? Yeah, they're, they're so, so much fun. I think he was bored, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> A couple things happened, and he just, the look on his face was just like, what have you gotten me into, mother? <laughs> Where's the exit? Where's the exit? Pretty much. Pretty much. And then I've got Carter, who's in it for the, you know, he's my ride or die, man. Carter is in it to win it. He's so calm. I wish I was as calm in any sort of scenario, even even non-haunted scenarios. I wish I was as calm as he was, because it just, it's like nothing's going on. It's a normal day. 
I respect well, it. Well, you have met his father. Yes. That and Chris doesn't show a whole lot of emotion. <laughs> <so. laughs> That's the key. No emotion. Exactly. So as Nick is in his podcast dungeon, it is the big fo- dude, the shirt. I just noticed the yeah, shirt. God, he's drinking a little martini somewhere on here. Yeah, a little little martini Bigfoot. Oh my god. So you're gonna have to take a picture, a selfie in your shirt. And I'm going to need to post it on the Oddity Files Instagram. Because, guys, if you're listening, we post pictures that go with... I, you, I, I will. We post pictures that go with every episode on our Instagram stories. If you missed one, go ahead and check our highlights. And so if you're, like, starting from the beginning, you're not listening to this one right now. That's for sure, because this is the newest one. But if you are, head over to our highlights on our Instagram page. It's at Oddity Files. And check out the pictures that go with the episodes. We're also on Twitter, at Oddity Files. We're on Facebook, Oddity Files. And I did it. I made a TikTok. (laughs) It's fucking amazing. All the puppy... Not nearly enough Sasquatch videos for you, Nick. I'm just putting that out there. But the puppy videos are amazing. I've been very pleased to see all the sharing. And maybe because people are so insane from quarantine. All the Sasquatch... Uh, he's he's made a return, which is great. So maybe he'll he'll trickle into the TikTok soon. Oh God, I hope <laughs> so. He he might be on there. I just haven't looked for him yet. Oh, he is. Did you know he does concerts? Uh, that's a, the only time I've ever seen Bigfoot in concert was with Tenacious D. Bigfoot opened and played drums, and it was wonderful. Keep the fuck out. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I was very I was very happy. That was probably the, one of the best days of my life. Well, I would imagine so. But speaking of Bigfoot and your Bigfoot shirt, and I was going to go into your your whole desk is done up with all your Bigfoot swag, and I'm so proud of you. you. I have one thing Bigfoot on my desk. It's a it's a coaster. Oh, yes. It says hide and seek world champ. Somebody gave this to me at a Comic-Con. God bless him. Um <laughs> But in the mail today, I ordered this the beginning of quarantine, and I finally got my puzzle. And it is my puzzle of Sasquatch in Multanima Falls. Oh, wow. You know, I really thought that said Mothman Falls. (laughs) Words are really hard. Wait, before or after? It was more ironic. If if you thought it said Mothman before you ordered it. You probably you're probably disappointed slightly right now. Yeah. Well, it was a long time ago. I don't even know where it was made. I'm sure China. Yeah. So. Oh, that's 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 there where it go. starts. I I fell down the Bigfoot rabbit hole because the Oregon, I think it's the Oregon State Fire Marshal. They I I guess they started the campaign in 2019, but they renewed the the fire safety campaign for 2020. And it is Believe in Fire Safety, and it's a picture of Bigfoot walking with a shovel and a, a water bucket, like, pouring out a uh, forest fire. And I just fell in love. Do they sell I, t-shirts? No, but they sell t-shirt photos that you can make your own and iron them on or whatever. So you better believe I'm going to order, like, 16 shirts. Yeah, grab some for me, too. I'll pay you on, was it Venmo? <laughs> All the technologies. Oh my god, that's you know I do love Smokey the Bear, but that's badass. It's brilliant. There's a wallpaper they release you can download for free, and it's like Bigfoot in the middle, and then these silhouettes of all these animals around him, and it just says "Believe in Fire Safety." Also, that's like the oh. motto. It's like this is brilliant. Embrace it. Hidden in plain sight. That's the way to do it. <laughs> because he is a sweetie, god damn it, and we love him. I bet he is. Oh my gosh. I am so nasally today. I don't know what is flying around in the air today. Murder hornets. Fucking murder hornets. Oh my God. They're not going away anytime soon. Have you seen one? No, they're they're not over here yet. Thank God. They can stay where they're at. I think they'll probably, well, I don't know. Uh, hey. We're like. Bring it on. Straight down line. So they're going to hit us at the same fucking they- time. I'm not going to lie. They fly in packs. It'll be like Jumanji. I'll get one of the tennis rackets and I'll just start swatting them out of the sky. What are those those bees from Hunger Games? That's Trekker Jackers. That's what I keep thinking they are. <laughs> it, is, it has become a reality. 
God, 2020 is weird. Fuck. (laughs) So weird. I did read a meme that said um, that no birthdays count this year, which for me is fucking awesome because it's the big 5-0. So I'm going to be 49 for two years, and I'm so stoked. Oh, you, you start aging backwards at 30. You hit 30, and then you start aging backwards. That's how it works. Oh. Well, then I'm like 16, <laughs> which is about my humor level. So we're good. <laughs> Such quick oh, math. Snap. I made that. I made. I don't do math. Math is really <laughs> hard. And um, I made that up. Was it right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I went to film school. I don't, I don't know so. any math. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm gonna watch, we'll say it's Math right. It's hard, so our words. Yes. Okay, yeah. You know, and, and if, if it's not, feel free to email us at oddityfilescrew <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Speaking of that email address, we're running the contest again. I feel like a real radio person today. I don't know why. It just feels so real. Um, <laughs> it's because it is real. It is real. <laughs> All right, yeah, I mean, this is like episode. 357 so no i'm just kidding anyway we are we are running our contest again people if you rate and review us on either imdb amazon prime especially apple podcasts screen grab it when you send it in and email it to us at oddityfilescrew at gmail we'll send you some stickers and some i've got these little sasquatch greeting cards that i send with it so it's always a good time if you want to win some free stuff we all love free stuff so, Nick, I hear you've got some paranormal in the news, dude. Oh, you better believe it. I'm very excited. I uh, Sweet! I, I thought for a second, he was like, you know, this is going to be challenging, finding paranormal in the news, because you really have to dig. And before I knew it, there were six tabs up, but this one is the one that jumped out to me, and I, and I had a feeling you would get a kick out of it as well. So, we're all familiar with Christopher Maloney, right? Uh, yes, from Sopranos. From The Sopranos? He's in Sopranos. Uh, he is in uh, Law & Order SVU, Handmaid's Tale. He's also in Wet Hot American Summer. Okay. So he acquired this house, uh, the home to Ozzy and Harriet Nelson from the 1950s sitcom Ozzy and Harriet. And oh. he's selling it. He's currently selling it now. He's, he lived in the house for a long time. But it is apparently very haunted. By Ozzy and Harriet? By the former owners. <laughs> Maybe the fictional characters Ozzy and Harriet. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, I, mean, I was thinking they were real people. I'm going to cut that shit out. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> So apparently, I mean, maybe in this, because in this story, it says that the couple did call it a home in real life as well. So maybe they did live there, but okay. apparently they haunted the house and Ozzy Nelson apparently is the guy who haunts the house and the real estate agent said that sheets flew off sleeping guests locked doors would open and perfume would waft through the hallways unexpectedly sounds like a good time. it sounds like a great time and there's like there's a ghost there's a ghost <laughs> child who plays in the yard and asks people to join them uh from time to time oh they're very friendly but this has been kind of this celebrity house and christopher maloney he was reached, uh, reached, they reached out to him for a comment, but he didn't respond or get back to them. So we don't know why he's moving, but he's lived there for six years and just kind of living with these ghosts. So I want to talk to Christopher Maloney and see what's going on, but the house is for sale now. So stop reading my mind. How do we get a hold of Christopher Maloney ASAP? That's what <laughs> that, see, we need to get him on the podcast and just talk to him about any experience because yeah. six years is a long time. He has to have at least one experience at least at least minimum yes i love that story i have one too so a few weeks back i i became slightly obsessed with papa legba do you watch like american horror story and that kind of stuff i i watch a little bit of american horror story um it's too freaky and all over the place so i I, it it loses me but i've been seeing something about this papa legba fella so I, I did a story on him, and he's pretty much in voodoo and hoodoo. He is the gatekeeper to the spirit realm. So I'm like, this guy's awesome. I should get to know him a little bit. And I, I bought some stuff off Etsy. I have like a little mini shrine to him over here. I, I don't mess with it. So And it's a good thing once I read this story. But um, yeah, Papa Legba's actually good people... 
He's a he's an old man. He's not the scary face you're seeing on all these stories that you're uh, seeing on the Facebook and stuff and things. But a Virginia teen dies two days after writing on Facebook that she's seen Papa Legba. Hell no. The recent death of a Virginia teen has been blamed on her practicing Haitian voodoo spells to summon the deity known as Papa Legba. The 19-year-old Caitlin, or Cat Rustin, was found dead after she allegedly drowned in a bathtub, according to posts on social media from her friends. Uh, Rustin's unexpected death came just two days after she claims to have seen Papa Legba, apparently after a summoning spell people warned her not to try. People, you read a spell on the internet, you don't just do that shit. First, whether this is Papa or not. When did this happen? Um, it was like within the last couple weeks. Okay, because I was gonna say if this was like January, I think we found where where this whole pandemic started. Oh well, snap. <laughs> Papa Legba is in Iowa, which I went over a few weeks ago, which are spirits of Haitian voodoo and Louisiana voodoo. Legba res- represents a West African and Caribbean voodoo god and has many different names depending on the region in which he's worshipped. Blah, blah, blah. So what this girl did, people, never try this at home. She was pissed at her girlfriend. So she pretty much made a voodoo doll and tried summoning. Well, she did make a voodoo doll and put human hair on it. There are pictures of it on either her Instagram or her Twitter, which I will find and put in the the Insta stories, but she set the hair on fire on this doll, and I guess she tried to summon Papa Legba. However, she didn't end up with Papa Legba. What's the guy's name that she found? Um, I don't know. It wasn't Papa Legba. It's not in this article on gossiponthis.com, but some guy did a reading on her after she died, some other witch, Bruja, what, one of the names. I don't know anything about him. I just read a teeny tiny little quote from him and said that she summoned the wrong spirit and that's who she saw and that's who drowned her in the bathtub oh truth what is sh- maybe i don't what know. a shitty way to die could you imagine no you like have this grand idea that you're gonna summon this un just just masterful deity thing and you summon the wrong person and then that person kills you and it's the bad guy not the sweet Adorable, wonderful Papa Legba. Oh, that's that's going to be... Don't fuck with shit you no, don't know. don't even... That's the name of this episode. <laughs> I think that's that's perfect. But like, that's going to be my new go-to. Is be like, all right, Nick, what's the worst way to go? Like, what would be the worst way to die? I'm like, well, you know, if I was trying to summon this uh, this deity, uh, this this the spirit and then and then I summon the wrong one and then that one drowned me in a bathtub. That would be the worst way to go. That would that's I'm gonna start saying that from now on. The worst. <laughs> like, that's a, that's like that's like being a kid and like really wanting to go to Disney World and your parents surprise you with tickets to like Six Flags or something. <laughs> Literally. Literally, that would be the worst. Might have happened to me in my childhood. I don't know. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just hit close to home. I feel like. <laughs> oh, anywho, yes. Lesson learned. I guess she had like a five-month-old baby. Oh no! And oh, that's so sad. Awful, awful shit. That oh. Don't fuck with shit you don't know, people. I feel like all the movies. People seem to discount movies and stuff. Like, I know that the whole meme thing is like, I've seen that movie. Like, we've all seen that movie. Don't be that movie. I just don't understand. Exactly. That's perfect. <laughs> Lesson to live by. It's awful. Oh. I, oh I'd be so pissed. Just don't be summoning shit. Oh, I, that, that, like, I was upset and now I'm just mad. Because I would literally... If it showed up and I realized it was wrong, I'd just be like, fuck it, just kill me. Like, I'm. this is embarrassing. I'm just- <laughs> Maybe that's what she did. I don't, and I'm not disrespecting the dead. No. I'm disrespecting people that disrespect the shit. <laughs> there are better ways to get back at... Like, if someone's made you mad, don't try to practice voodoo that you, that you aren't perfect at. Just send them, like, a no. glitter bomb or, like... Uh, uh, like a, a like a singing telegram. <laughs> Don't summon 
Papa Legba or any any other spirit. Don't do it. It's wrong. Well, see, I've got a voodoo shop in town, so if I want something to do, I'm just going to go see Mo and she'll hook me up. <laughs> you got a dealer. <laughs> I do. It's my gateway drug right there, Mo, at the voodoo shop in Bloomington, Indiana. I love her. Oh. So I've got a story. Do you want to hear a story? I like stories. Do you like stories? You know what? I woke up with a song in my head this morning from Blue's Clues. I woke up singing, we just got a letter. We just got a letter. I'm not even kidding. Where did it come from? I don't from? even know why I that just like... came in my head now. I like how something all the way over here, I feel like Papa Legba put that in your head as a sort of good morning Be treat. quiet back there, mister. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my story today is of the South Shields poltergeist so the south shields poltergeist is a case occurred that occurred over several months in a terraced house in south shields a coastal town in northeast england and it's all this started in 2005 so it's pretty recent and that story goes a little something like this mark and marianne not their real names a 20-something couple and their three-year-old son robert again not his real name. They wouldn't give these people their real names. We're living every young family's dream. They were living in a modest house, raising the family they had hoped for until slowly but surely an unexpected terror became a part of their everyday lives. The haunting started with the couple arriving home one December evening to find two chairs stacked on top of each other on top of the table. I mean, can I just say goals? Hashtag goals. Growing up in the aftermath of the 1982 movie Poltergeist, this is how, as a teenager, I thought all hauntings went down. And I'm here to tell you they don't. It's sad. It is sad. I I would really appreciate that. I feel like the craftsmanship of the Poltergeist, I'd walk in and be like, I I couldn't even do that, stacking chairs. That's really nice. I know. And and when Carol Ann's sitting on the floor and she's like, it's like a tickle in my tummy and it just pulls, I want to do that. I want a poltergeist. No, I want a poltergeist. (laughs) I want a poltergeist, Daddy, and I want him now. Okay. (laughs) My new nickname is Veruca. It's so good. Other things started to happen, according to the couple around the house. Like full dressers moved across rooms. It said chest of drawers, which I think is the fancy British way to say dresser. So I changed the word to dresser. And kitchen cabinets, doors were slamming. You know, harmless poltergeist shit. I'm not really sure why after these incidents happened, they didn't call an investigator in right away, but they didn't. Until one night, the couple claims they were lying in bed and Marianne, again, not her real name, felt something hit her in the back of the head. I'm sure she just assumed it was the three-year-old up to three-year-old shenanigans because it was one of her son's stuffed toys that hit her in the head. So she sat up, she turned on the lights and turned to look in the direction of where it came from, only to see a second stuffed animal hurtling toward her with no one in the room. I mean, know where it could have come from. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. kind of scare me a little bit i'm not gonna lie i'd move out immediately (laughs) i mean i'd get out the equipment i wouldn't move out right away but maybe later on i might have i'm just saying i shall continue (laughs) so the couple did what any couple would they cowered under the covers and tried to process what was happening and that's when an unseen force, mainly because I think they were under the blankets, they didn't see anything, <laughs> began to try to pull the duvet off of their heads. When out of the blue, Mark starts yelling out in pain. Again, not his real name. Upon Marianne's expe- inspection, <laughs> Mark had 13 scratches down his back, which were just said to have disappeared by the next morning. So it's not like your demonic three and math is hard, so I didn't divide it. I don't know if it equals sets of three, but that's a lot. What, and for it to, di- I mean, is that normal? I feel like a lot of the stories I've heard, they don't, it, they're there to stay. They don't disappear over 24 hours. Yeah, it, I think it depends on if they break the skin or not. Um, I'm not, I've never been scratched. I mean, I must, must be the coolest investigator ever. I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> 
So this is when the couple who shall apparently remain nameless, I'll stop saying not the real name, called in paranormal investigator Darren W. Riston and Darren called in veteran investigator Michael C. Howell. Okay, Nick, I think we're going to need to add our middle initials to our name so we sound fancy. I I mean, it's very regal and British, but I could get behind it. It's what the cool kids are doing. What, in 2005? Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm always a little behind my time. <laughs> so during the subsequent months, the investigators made dozens of visits to the house in question and witnessed firsthand the malevolent, sadistic power of the poltergeist. Oh. And at first, according to the now authors of the book, South Shields poltergeist, Darren and Michael, the entity was just trying to scare the family, just moving objects, making your typical knocks and banging noises. You know, typical poltergeist activity. Well, until it wasn't so typical anymore. As the weeks went on, the investigators say the activity took a turn toward more evil and a threatening aspect. Because, of course, it would. Because, well, book sales just saying or so one would would expect um (laughs) here's just a few things i found online without reading said book which i do really want to read now because this is like the amityville of like the 2000s that's the way i'm looking (laughs) at it so death threats were sent to marianne via text and apparently when authorities look into where they came from they're untraceable they can't find a computer it came from they can't find a phone it came from it just showed up on her phone i love those and one of those texts said i'm going to get you bitch and another one said you're dead so you know lovely conversation pieces yeah the book claims that knives were thrown at them and other witnesses oh this is fucking creepy and i can't believe there's not a movie about this yet so you know those little doodle drawing mad magnetic magnetic boards uh-huh. words are hard you know the ones where you take the magnet pen etch a sketch kind of but not as hard <laughs> Ma- like shaped magnets that you could just pop it on there and then you just wipe it uh, off it's you could actually draw on it with like a magnetic yeah. pen yeah i think they were called do- doodle boards so Messages were written on the three-year-old's doodle toy saying things like, just leave now, die bitch, RIP, and go bitch now to your man. I mean, either this kid has one hell of a vocabulary or shit's about to oh get my real. God, and they still stayed? There's, they were still there, yep. So more scratchings going on on Mark. He had several cuts appear on his body during filming. No, of course, I didn't have any luck finding said footage. But they say that as quickly as it appeared, it would just completely disappear again. Wow. The authors claim to have seen a shadow figure on several occasions in the late hours of the evening. I don't think it was Papa Legba, but I just wanted (laughs) to clarify that. (laughs) Robert, apparently, the child uh, was apparently being affected this poor kid his life is turned completely upside down living through all this but now the poltergeist was singling out sweet baby robert not his real name so according to investigators at one point robert was all bundled up in his blankie sleeping under a plastic table and several witnesses in the room saw him slide out poltergeist out from under the table like a force was pulling him out and then upon checking on the little guy his eyes were open, but all other signs pointed to he was sleeping. So they feel that he was in a trance of sorts. Wow. I wasn't there. I don't oh. know. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, like, I'm speechless. <laughs> this is the good shit, I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't even think of that. I'm, I'm scared. I'm going to sleep with a light on tonight. <laughs> okay. And then sometimes the kid would just go missing. Again, taking me right back to Carol Ann. Only to show up like in the kitchen cupboards in an, or in a closet and just like really weird, odd places. So either poor Robert is, you know, over all this shit and just wants to go hide and get away from it all. 
or there's some Carol Ann shit going on. Because even when they found him moved and in the closet, he was like swaddle, like really tightly wrapped in his blanket. Like, and he's three, and you just can't do that when you're three. I only know that because my grandson's four. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for the icing on the cake? There's more? There's icing on the cake? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. When reporters were there doing a report on the activity, the poltergeist would communicate with them via talking toys, saying things that just weren't programmed into these toys in order to answer the questions that the investigators and the reporters were asking. Again, I I haven't found any footage on this. So I'm what? teetering on, I don't know. That's like, that's an Emmy. Like, if they had the footage, the footage should live on forever. I exactly. Just... <sighs> if I had a bazillion dollars, I would offer to buy it from them. I bet that's what they're waiting on. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah, exactly. I would. <laughs> yeah. Other toys had minds of their own as well. Another time, Robert's rocking horse was just found hanging by one of its reins. You know how you, the little hobbly horses from the loft hatch on the ceiling? A large, this is the one that freaked me the fuck out. A large toy bunny was found in a chair, placed at the top of the stairs, holding a box cutter blade in one of its paws. I have chills. That's fucked up. All over my body. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. I probably should have eased you in with a less scary story. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. This is terrible. This is so scary. But, like... You're you've 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 completely given me this whole perspective where there I've always had this idea of like if we get ghosts because there's all these ghost hunting shows so like why why do we not there's there are a lot of stories but there aren't there's not footage of this stuff that we're hearing the stuff that you're telling me now even when there's a news crew involved right. but it's like I don't think people are talking about how like fucked up the world would be if people knew this was a real thing. Like, aliens, cool. Show us UFO footage all day long. But if this, yeah. in homes, in and it was faith-based, because all ghost spirits, it's all faith-based, it would challenge faith to the point where I feel like there would be anarchy in the world. You have an excellent point. You really this do. This is terrifying. <laughs> I am more scared of aliens than I am right. this. I mean, nobody died, you know? I mean, there were some scratches. It was weird. But I'd be like, bring me more. I must have all the footage. Right. It, you would think that it would be... Yeah. Like, you, you hear these stories, like, the footage was lost, that this was undoc... Or this is only documented on with pen and paper or in a book or stories that yeah. live on. Yeah. But it's like... Everyone just thinks, you know, aliens are classified. No, no, I think ghosts and spirits are also super classified you've got a point there mister i never thought of it that way you can't way, catch though. a ghost you can That's... catch an alien you can't catch a ghost even if you're a fucking ghostbuster you can't <laughs> god i'm waiting for that those laser shooters to come out where i can put a ghost in a box they're trying to develop them right now so that way then they can tell everyone that ghosts are real and then we're all equipped oh so we can actually capture them Yes, I see it going exactly. down like the end of Ghostbusters. I'm not going to lie. We're like, everything's fucking out everywhere. Somebody's going to open some portal and the shit's just going to be everywhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're going to have to band together and we're going to take these ghosts out together as a community. But they don't want to hurt anybody. That's my thing. Just let them. Maybe it's an interdimensional thing. We don't even know yet. Okay. So much, so much. My brain is exploding everywhere. All right, so we got the box cutter and the rabbit's hand. Hit me with some more. Yes. And then, just as instantaneously as it started, it stopped. There's no closure. So, however, no one was truly harmed during all of this. And the authors claim that the reason for the haunting was to scare the occupants of the house in order to feed off of their fear. So the poltergeist was scaring them. So in order they could pull in that energy. Which, I mean, if you go by the Monsters, Inc. theory, screams create energy. <laughs> I mean, but laughter is so yeah. much better. Laughter is so... Why can't ghosts just tickle people and tell jokes? Exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. As they say in poltergeist hauntings, I mean... I don't know, because sadly, I've never witnessed a haunting like this at all. The family has moved from the house 
and absolutely no other reports of paranormal activity have been made at this location. And like I said earlier, it's it's it written black and white in my story here. Oh yeah. shit. Um, it, it was a poltergeist. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> it totally was. No, you can't. Literally. Um, not going to lie. I totally want to see this made into a movie. But until then, I guess I'll just have to make time to read The South Shields Poltergeist, One Family's Fight Against an Invisible Intruder. And my wingmen for this story are alantoner.com, europaranormal.com, ghost-story.co.uk, and the week in weird. That's that is my like I I cannot and to be a poltergeist. I feel like the ultimate trick is lack of closure. If I were a poltergeist and I were just completely messing with yeah. people, I would just go as crazy. I would like box cutters. No, I put a chainsaw in a rabbit's stuffed rabbit's hand and put him on top of the stick, and then I just leave. <laughs> <laughs> because lack of closure for human beings is like the worst possible thing to torture a human being is to not give them closure. Absolutely. Anything. Yeah. Like there's science behind it. There's, you know, they always, there's a, there was a study long, long, long time ago uh, where they put a bunch of people in a room and they, they gave them a list of things to do. And then at the end of trying to get through the list in a short amount of time, people couldn't remember the things they completed. They can only remember the things that they didn't. That makes sense. So it's this lack of closure thing. So what a genius yeah. thing for a poltergeist to completely wreck a family and then just just disappear. Just oh. wreck it. Oh, my yeah. Lord. Yeah. I mean, honestly... The reason I got into ghost hunting was the lack of closure from losing my dad suddenly. I mean, wow. that's exactly why I do this. So, I mean, it makes, I mean, if I was a ghost, I think I'd want to be a poltergeist and just be like, psych, was it real? Wasn't, you don't even know. You'll never Honey, know. With a box cutter. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. I, yeah. But like, and, and that family is going to live with that forever. And yes. We live in a world where you tell that story at a party and those people are going to be like, you're insane. You need to be somewhere. Yeah. And they have to, that it is something that they have to keep to themselves. They can't openly discuss it unless they're discussing it with someone who wants to investigate them and get all the details down. So they're like in the middle of this weird, can't talk to anybody about anything. I just have to live with it for the rest of my life. And that. And I think that's why they didn't want their real names used. Right, because people probably think they're crazy. Yeah. Well, half of them would. And then you've got people like me going, tell me more. And then they're like, I don't want to talk about it. It brings up terrible memories. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. that's got me all riled up. I'm so sorry if I scared you. Oh, it's such a good one, though. It is. I want to read that book. I just, I know. I, I'm probably going to buy it. I'll just send it to you when I'm done. No, you should, you should buy it, and then you should record an audiobook version of it, and that way I can just listen to you tell the story, and then I don't have to read it. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Uh, aren't you sick of my voice yet? No. No, and then you can listen. You can you can listen as a bonus episode, and everyone can listen to you read an entire book. <laughs> It would be and then they'll tell the authors, and I'll get sued, and then I don't have the money to pay them for oh, the footage. Podcasts are the gray area of licensing. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> tell me a story, Nick. Oh, I. It would only be fitting uh, if I didn't dust off my my. Uh, I got it right here. I'm just gonna blow the dust off it. My special Newsweek Bigfoot edition, which was. I think I got in an airport back in 2016. And oh, nice. It is an amazing, full-color, fantastic deep dive into Bigfoot. But one thing that I always found fascinating and that I couldn't really find a ton of information afterwards is there is this amazing story that was groundbreaking in 2016. But to me, I still think it's groundbreaking now because I don't think there's been much movement on it because people just don't take it seriously enough okay so bring it silence was broken in 2016 
in the special news week uh, for Bigfoot that was the story that completely changed minds, Bigfoot skeptics all around the world, learned a name that had actual science behind it. And that name was Zana. Uh, And Zana, the story of Zana was, was told by Professor Brian Sykes in a book that he wrote called Bigfoot Yeti and the Last Neanderthal. So, in the early 1850s, a traveling merchant visiting the... I'm going to butcher these names because I... It's what we do on this show. It's perfect. I fit right in. Uh, A traveling merchant visiting the Ocha Makur region of the Abkhazia... Sure. Nailed it. Came across a young creature who appeared to be female. So it was a female creature in the 1850s. Okay. As soon as she caught sight of the merchant, she scurried off into the woods. Just booked it. She said, hell no. He might have been a creeper. I mean, probably. 90% yes. (laughs) So the merchant returned days later with a hunting party and their dogs. So he 100% was a creeper who was out to get this female creature. So... They were searching and searching, and they finally saw the creature again, and the dogs, they just let him loose, and they captured the beast, which is crazy. Oh. I know. Yeah, it's, okay. It's sad. It's sad, but yes, I get it. It was the 18-something. It's fine. It was. It gets, I mean, people were curious back then. It does get a little bit more sad, but there's science to it. Uh, it's, it's pretty weird. I'll try to leave some of the weird parts out. So she was um, captured. Weird is the new cool, mister. Perfect. I mean, then we're going to get real weird. Okay. I apologize in advance. So she was then held, she was captured and then held in a ditch surrounded by wooden stakes until she was sold off to an Abkhaz nobleman named Eji Janaba, who then took her to his farming estate where she lived out the rest of her life until she died around 1890. That's about 40 years. Holy shit. How have I not heard of this? It's the most fascinating story and it always blows my mind and... Bigfoot fanatic or not, it's just, it's so interesting because there are names, there are locations, there are timestamps. It's unreal. And it gets crazier. I promise. Okay, bring it. Yay. Uh, Eyewitness descriptions of Zana say that she was part human, part ape, had dark skin, and long reddish brown hair down her back. She was large, about six foot six inches tall, and extremely muscular with an exaggerated hairless buttocks and large breasts really very detailed Uh, they really didn't spare any expense on the detail here (laughs) however you know you don't see pictures of female big fleets of course they're not wearing clothes their boobs are going to be out all willy-nilly yep exactly and their ass too apparently exactly and that's another thing that makes this so fascinating is because in history when we've seen I think there have been maybe one or two videos that have popped up online that people thought looked like a female figure Bigfoot. But most of them have been male. At least from afar, it appears that it's a male stature. So this already from the get-go, and this this is why the story grabbed me, because from the get-go, we have names, locations, and a full description of a female half-human, half-ape in... 18, eight, late 1800s. Uh, shocking. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, her face was wide enough, or not wide enough, of course it was wide enough. Her face was wide with high cheekbones and a broad nose. Brilliant white teeth, teeth flashed from her wide mouth with teeth that crush nuts and even bones. This next part is pretty sad, but it's a part of the story and it's something that would kind of be expected of like shitty human behavior. So, uh, Zana very quickly became a source of cruel amusement for the town. It started out just becoming the children at first. They would prod her with sticks and throw rocks at her. But she became Mm. more and more submissive as his cruelty went on. Janaba even removed her from the stone prison he had her in and allowed her to sleep in his house. She hated it. She preferred being outdoors in the open air. Crazy. Of course. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, though. It, yeah, the logic is there for... The, sorry, the science is there, if, I, if, if I'm saying it correctly. 
Um, once the local villagers got used to her, she was allowed to roam freely. She never once tried to escape, and she began doing menial tasks for Janaba and never attempted to speak. She only let out sounds that were usually a series of grunts, whistles, or cry cries. No! <laughs> this is amazing! Unreal. It's unreal. I... This was 2016 when I got this magazine, and, and there's a full, full article, and I just took the key pieces and I'm, I've kind of put it into the story, but yeah. oh, I'm, it still blows me away to this day. So this was a simple story of half-human, half-animal, captured and tamed by a seemingly more advanced society. This all might seem like some elaborate story until it was discovered, are you ready? Ready. That Zana had at least four kids with the local men. Get the fuck out! No! Four of them! Yeah. Where are the descendants now? Oh, I'll tell you where the descendants are. Okay. Yay. So how how she became impregnated is unclear, but there are stories of drunken orgies and curious men who paid Janaba to have experimenting times with her. And of course not, no. she was willing towards the end. This is when she was like roaming around and things like that. So the children existing in this are really, really, really what makes this story fascinating and worth dis- discussing. So, without children, Zana could have been just lost in time. Another myth, right. another legend, another cryptid in the world that just existed as a part of this false society as some people might view it. But in 1971, Igor Bertsev located the grave of Kwit, the younger of Zana's two sons. So they have Whoa. the remains. Yes. Whoa. In the, in the 70s. How the fuck do I not know this? <laughs> it's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I love it. So so from that, she had two sons and then two daughters, and this was the younger. But the, the, the younger son had a name, which obviously this is a name that was given to this, like the, to the son from the scientists and things who, who've located these pieces and parts. So fast forward from 1971 all the way to 2012 in London when Professor Sykes, who wrote this book, managed to recover and sequence mitochondrial DNA from Quit's tooth. Get the fuck out! (laughs) This sequence concluded that Zana was not, in fact, Neanderthal at all. She was a member of the genus Homo, but was she fully human? Yes. Professor Brian Sykes hopes to find an answer. But if the traveling merchant found one of these creatures, could there be more living peacefully somewhere in Russia? Holy shit. So, So. did her children have children? I mean, maybe there's, maybe I'm part fucking Bigfoot. I don't even know. (laughs) Maybe we all are. Explains why my boys are so fucking hairy. (laughs) It is... It's it's so crazy. And like on top of all this stuff, there were some other little pieces. So there were genetic testings that came after this this article had kind of been published. So genetic testing that came out that confirmed that Bigfoot is a human relative that arose about 15,000 years ago, okay. according to a Texas veterinarian. Okay. Which How- is very, very interesting. Did he just do math and science stuff, or did he just make it up? All of it came from the di- the, the diagnostics from the tooth. Oh, oh, very, Snap. very interesting. Yeah, it's nuts. Like it's nuts to think that everyone only like doesn't think about. Well, one of these has never been captured before, and there was a, a scientist who. Uh, whose name was Mel- Melba S. Ketchum, who suggested that cryptids mated with modern humid females that resulted in hairy hominin hybrids. Uh, but, like, the scientific community thinks that she's kind of off a rocker, but... They usually think that about the smart ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The ones who have it all yeah. are the crazy ones. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It's just... It's such a fascinating thing because the story of Zana like exists and I always whenever I think and I have it sitting right here, I don't know the page, but I have a an original book written by Teddy Roosevelt and he was he was a little nuts as well. I think but, that's why um, everybody liked he, him, right? Exactly. It's because he was a real human being. That's why people like he, us, Nick. It's because we're real people. And we're fucking crazy. <laughs> yes. 
That's what makes us real, though. He wrote a book, and this book was written in... I want to say... It was written in 1927. Oh, no, sorry. 1893. Oh. Which adds up around here. Uh, there's a story in this, and I don't know where, where exactly it is in this book, but there is a story... This is called The Wilderness Hunter by Teddy Roosevelt. And there's a story about his first... Uh, his his interaction with a large, hairy, um, eight-foot-tall creature. It's in a book that he published about his hunting adventures. People and don't talk about that enough. No. It's it's amazing. I thought tracking this book down would, would cost me a fortune, but it was like, for a, this is the reprint the, from 1927, it was like 30 bucks. Because nobody knows. Well, I'm going to have to it's, find a copy of that now. What's the name of that it book again? It is The Wilderness Hunter. I'm jotting this down because I like yeah. to handwrite stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unreal because I, I didn't actually do that, that. That math didn't click for me with the story being when she died, it was in 1890, and she was six foot six. And in 1893, I don't know how long it took him to write this book, but Teddy Roosevelt wrote this book talking about seeing a large eight foot tall so if the males were eight feet tall and the females were six foot six and the timelines are all kind of adding up who's to say that there aren't still i mean russia to me would be where where they'd be residing yes russia or like asia and south america well i guess i mean we were wide open then too so they would have been everywhere back then and they're just hiding from people because people are scary so where did he say he saw that? Was that in Russia as well? In The Wilderness Hunter, I'm not sure where exactly. I don't know if he says in the story where he was. Okay. Um, every story sort of starts with, when I was hunting big game and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like it's very not location based. but Very um, Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, it was very Teddy. But the, the having the two sort of work together, the, this story and then this book and the years kind of match. I just yeah. uh, making that connection. I was like, holy shit, this is this is really insane. And I don't know, believable. I think exactly, exactly. I mean, was I mean, was it a big deal when this book came out? How much do you know about? It? I've got all these questions, and I'm sure you don't have the answers to. <laughs> But I may have to use the Google, but I, I would assume that back then it had to be a big deal as well. I You would think that it would. I think especially being, and I'm looking through this magazine to see if they if they talk about it. But to me, the idea of like crossbreeding being a thing that exists where there is this like half human, half ape creature and then this human, full human mating and creating offspring it's like that is something that could be realistic it it makes know. all the sense to me it does you would think that it was, i'm looking through i'm flipping through this magazine i don't think it's in here but it's definitely it's definitely interesting and of course you know you have les stroud who who uh is very very much so a bigfoot believer and and this story is one that he adores as well so it's yeah. Very. That's... It's very interesting. But I, she kind of had like her happily ever after. She came up. Became, I mean, it's sad that she was captured and sold off and blah, 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 blah. But she right. didn't sound miserable in the end. So. No, having the kids, all that. I mean, the two yeah. sons, two daughters, and, and only one has been found. The remains of one. So there are still. And there's really not a lot of money being pumped into the Bigfoot search party community. <laughs> there aren't yeah. really. Yeah. So it's, if there were, maybe we could locate the, the three other sites because mm. they can't be far. They have to be no. close by. Yeah, absolutely. You have blown my mind, sir. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Very good. Nick, I have a listener story. Do you want to hear a my scary story from Jane. Oh, is Jane going to give me more nightmares? Probably. But oh. oh shit, I didn't think about that. Are you scared that easily for real? It just depends. I mean, depends on the night. Okay. Okay. <laughs> depends well, on how dark the room is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you spotlights for your dungeon, sir. 
Okay, this comes to us from... That's what I need. Yeah, from Jane. Um, She says, I got married the first time when I was 20 years old. My marriage ended up being horrible. And after three and a half years, three years too long, she put in parentheses, I decided to leave. But before I left, I had one terrifying episode in my home. It was in the middle of the night and I was sleeping alone because, of course, my husband was out running around in the night again. Poor girl. Um, At one point, I rolled over opened my eyes and was horrified to see a very large man standing in the double doorway leading to my bedroom. This huge, in all caps, man was wearing a long black cloak with a hood. That's fucking terrifying. I'm sorry, Oh, my God. Like, for double reasons, it's terrifying. (laughs) For, like, being alone in a room... And there's a big, like clearly look a man. That's yeah. that's terrifying in its own. Because like, what's this man doing in my house? Oh my god! But then, yeah. the that might be a ghost. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Um, she said she couldn't see his face, but she clearly saw the black roses he was holding. No, nope, nope, nope. Of course. I screamed and went under the covers. As we learned, that doesn't always work. Poltergeist. (laughs) Eventually, I got up the nerve to run to my bathroom, turn on the lights. Whatever was there was now gone. Eventually, I made my way back to bed where I slept with the covers over my head for the rest of the night. It wasn't until the morning that I realized who it was. The Grim Reaper. No. What? Yeah. To this day, I distinctly visualize him and the black roses he was carrying. Truly horrifying. It took me a couple weeks, but I eventually removed all my possessions out of my marital home into my parents' home. Shortly after, a few other scary incidents happened in their home. Sounds like she's haunted. In the middle of the night, I sat up screaming. Really, in all caps, screaming as tears flooded down my face. My mom came running into my room, and the minute she touched me, I came out of whatever was frightening me. She felt I was so terrified that she offered to sleep in my room with me. I was aware that something happened, but whatever it was was gone, and I felt no fear of anything. I told her I was fine, went back to sleep with no problem, and it happened time after that, and again, I snapped out of it, and she was totally fine. She goes on to say, Now, I was frightened with Mr. Grim Reaper at my former home, but here's when I became super terrified. As if it wasn't scary enough. Oh, it gets worse? Great. Yeah, hit me. Yeah, right. (laughs) Strap in, people. Yeah, this particular episode made me realize something was following me. My little brother, who is nine years younger than me, still lived at home. It was summertime, and he was out of school, which meant he could be the night owl that he naturally was. At one point in the middle of the night, he decided to leave his room to go down to the kitchen. When he opened his bedroom door, something on my door, which was shut, caught his attention. As he was staring and studying at it, I suddenly started one of my screaming episodes. He ran back into his room, and once again, my mom ran to my side, and of course, I came too. Next thing I knew, my brother was asking to sleep in my room because he was too afraid to sleep alone in his. The next morning at breakfast, my brother proceeded to tell me about what happened the night before, how something on my closed door caught his attention, how I screamed, and how I frightened the crap out of him. He described the formation on my door as an upside-down triangle with the letter T underneath it. Huh. I asked him a couple times if he was positive my door was closed, which it was clearly a yes. One thing for sure, I never slept with my door closed. And uh, what the heck, shut my door, put a symbol on it, and what did it mean, and what was in the room with me? She was totally freaked out. She says, I have to admit that at one point I almost went back to my husband On the last hearing of our divorce, he actually turned to me and said he did not want to get a divorce. I held strong and said that it was too late and followed through and made it final. In hindsight, I believe the Grim Reaper visited me because I needed to move out and I needed to move on. Black Roses, death of my marriage. 
After the divorce, I never had another terrifying episode of any kind. Aww. Thanks for reading my story. Love your Amazon Prime show and really enjoy your podcast as well. Sincerely, Jane. Well, it was a happy ending-ish. Yeah, like a happy ending, but it's it's like... Uh, it's... It, it's to, to me, like that's the equivalent again. I'm grateful for her that she was able to find closure in that. That it all stopped. Because yes. for a minute, when you're reading it, I'm, I've always been super fascinated with sleep paralysis and how it can affect people. That's no fun. Yeah. Uh, it's not fun at all. And it started to feel like that. How she'd sort of explain how things would come and then someone would be next to her. Because knowing that there's a presence next to you, you're not fully falling into that level of REM, of REM sleep like that's the that allows you to hit the point of sleep paralysis. But then when she mentions at the right. very end and how the story concludes of the moment the divorce happened, it all went away and what it all signified. I I mean, there's nothing that can explain that. Uh, that's... Uh, holy cow. Are you going to sleep tonight? I mean, no, probably not. But... <laughs> that I mean fantastic and this is I know it's not I know it's real but her storytelling yeah. is unbelievable I, I think that oh yeah that's a very personal story we get some good ones Holy I'm smokes. not gonna lie some really intense ones and it's just so written beautifully but that's because we asked them to please have a beginning middle and end and if you guys have a story that are listening right now we'd love to hear your personal paranormal story I'd love to have Nick read one at some time and see if he can make it through. Um, send those through <laughs> to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. But guys, this has been a good one, Nick. If there's something about it. I hope I don't give you nightmares. It's, I'm terrified. Now. I used to go to sleep every night watching Alexander Aha. Aha. Aha is that his name? The Hills Have Eyes, his remake. I used to watch it before bed, but th- that didn't scare me. This scares oh. me. See, I can't watch scary movies because they're way scarier than real ghosts <laughs> to me. I don't know why. Look at us being complete opposites. That's the <laughs> You best will watch thing. all the scary movies. I'm like, hell no. Guys, if you're listening right now, head on over and subscribe to the Miss Murder podcast. It is a brand new podcast that I started with my friend Heather Rage, where we talk about True crime. We talk about murder. But you know what kind of murders they are? They're murders where the chicks kill people. So head on over. Subscribe. Um, By the time this episode plops out of the womb, it will already have episode one up. So I don't even know where the fuck that came from. Where did that come Um, from? That's... So, guys, check it out. It's Miss Murder. We're on all the podcast apps. Please subscribe, rate, all that good stuff. Oh, shit. I can't forget to give a shout out to our Patreon members. Thank you all so much for all your support, all the stuff and all the things. And a huge shout out to our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden Locke and Ryan Hoke. We appreciate you. If you're listening and can swing it, check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash oddity files. We'd love to have you over there for all the fun, exclusive content. Okay. Nick, well done, sir. Thank you. It was so much fun. And remember, guys, weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Woo! (laughs) Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. 2020 artwork created by me, Kitsy Duncan. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone. Well, maybe yours too. If you like the show and would like to support us, visit oddityfiles.com and click on support or go to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Every little bit helps with both the podcast and the TV show. You can also support us by watching Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. It's free to Prime members and dirt cheap. 
to those who aren't. You can find us on all the social media sites at Oddity Files. Keep spreading the word by sharing, retweeting, and reposting. Join our Oddity Files Facebook group by searching Oddity Files Fan Group and click join. We'll approve you as soon as we can. All weirdos are welcome. Not into that social media stuff? Tell your coworkers, family, even the weird guy who just won't stop talking to you in line for coffee. Oh, and grandma. Your grandma will love us. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if it weren't for you, we have no idea what we would do with our lives. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send it on in at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, send in story ideas, silly, weird memes, or just positive vibes to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave that in a voicemail. Call us at 317-300-6699. To contact us about an appearance, reach out at kitsy at oddityfiles.com. When you have a set, rate, review, and subscribe. We know it doesn't sound like much, but it really helps us get up there on the podcasting charts. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Um, why are you still here? Go on. Get out of here. Turn it off. It's done. Really? I swear, go. Get. Serious, I'm out of here.